Welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. This week we are talking about the importance of non-book homeschooling. This includes things like teaching your children obedience, respect, and much more. We also talk about some more of the lies that almost every homeschooling mom believes. Before we begin, we also want to thank our sponsor, Teaching Textbooks. They make math fun. You should go check out their website over at teachingtextbooks.com. So let's get started. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Okay, well, hey, it's good to be back. Uh, We've had an exciting weekend at the Wilson House. Um, It feels a little bit like after Christmas, Uh, you know, kind of like, oh, you have to go back to real life. But uh, my daughter, Catherine, got married, Ben's sister. Um, and it was a glorious, glorious day. Uh, in fact, I don't think it could have gone any better. Uh, we had ha- held it in a uh, non-church setting in an old factory where they made uh, cabinets a uh, hundred years ago, maybe even in the 50s, 60s, and maybe they make them now, I don't know. Um, but uh, <clears throat> it was, uh, the setting was, you know, wooden floors and brick walls that are painted and kind of paints coming off of them uh whatever those kind of lights that hang from the ceiling that look like a christmas tree lot um and it was it was just so wonderful uh for those if you're still interested you can watch it on uh facebook uh even though it's crooked (laughs) so you have to turn your head this way or you have to turn your computer monitor the other uh sideways um, because we had a little glitch there, um, but it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the, the newlyweds are uh, now on a cruise in sunny wherever they are in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, enjoying a Disney cruise for a few days and then spending some time in Florida at an Airbnb and doing some Disney stuff. So it sounds wonderful. <laughs> it sounds like this would be a good time for all, all of us to go. And after spending money on the uh, wedding, I thought we could have all gone for that price. Uh, so it was it was really good. But I don't know what were did you have any highlights, Ben? I know you kind of watch kids uh, the whole time, so that was kind of uh, mom and I were talking about how it's just a little harder in the good old days when you didn't have any kids. You just kind of play and enjoy yeah and now you're responsible and you have a kid on your lap and they're screaming and you have to walk out of everything and not (laughs) see anything uh but what were your thoughts i mean my favorite part obviously of the wedding is always getting to see everyone uh that you don't get to see as often so that's always a blast seeing everyone you know in one spot basically um i thought it just went flawless uh the music was beautiful they they did you know everything was just came together perfectly um, and they did a really fun thing where they did the meal was pizza which was super fun so it just made the whole whole atmosphere very relaxed but also very like I thought elegant so I mean overall it was great but yeah our kids uh, Renly especially didn't uh, cooperate a ton at first but then they started having fun once they could run around and stuff but uh, overall I think it just had an awesome awesome feel and and was obviously successful in the end so that was the goal and we're pretty happy about that so i think we should hopefully though have a break of uh from weddings at least for a couple months here i think so at least maybe until july so i know i asked uh jed about two or three days before the wedding so are you excited and he goes oh not really and i'm like why he goes i'm just tired of weddings (laughs) um and i think he was but it was really neat from you know my perspective. I got to be the father of the bride this time. This first time I've ever done that, and it was fun. Uh, you know when they had the 
the brides, the groomsmen went in, the bridesmaids went in, everybody was sitting in there. And then they shut this big metal door and Catherine and I were uh, on the other side. I was a little nervous about the first look because I didn't know that there was supposed to be a first look where now the dad has to uh, be, uh, be surprised by the wedding gown. And But I was surprised. It was beautiful and it was princessy and had per little pearls all over it. It was really amazing, but it was so cool then to stand there with my daughter because I can remember Debbie's dad doing it with, with her and they roll back the door and there we are and uh, you know the crowd stands and that was fun walking down and and so I got to give my daughter away and then I uh, was able to perform uh, the vows in the wedding so that was fun and I was really surprised because uh, they sang a song or the piano player sang a song that was in Debbie and I's wedding um, by like Matthew Ward or Matthew West Ma Matthew Ward I think um, called Perfect Union. I mean, it felt like a, a good 1980s song when when uh, they sang it in our wedding. But the the guy who sang it this time kind of did a, a different twist on it. And so it was really neat. And I was totally surprised. I didn't know they were going to do that. I didn't that. realize that. That's cool. I didn't yes, know it was very that. cool. And I know Catherine wanted to surprise me with, surprise us with it. And so that was really neat. And uh, it was just... And then uh, they did the father-daughter dance and uh, they sang the song from Fa Fa Father of the Bride um, that was one of those songs where they're getting ready to, to date. Uh, I can't think what the name of the song was, but I have to think about that. Um, but people kept asking me, you know, like, so is this different than with your guys, you know, with your boys and... Um, I know they were hoping that I would just fall apart and I would be this uh, emotional mess um, or they were warning me that. But again, I was just surprised. Even your mom and I were talking this morning uh, and it just didn't feel sad. It just felt so good and so right. Um, I mean, probably the only times that it felt a little emotional were more of the afterwards. When we got home, there was a, a card from Catherine uh, on my bed with a picture of her and I for an old picture. I think we, maybe it was at Camp Forest Springs up in Wisconsin, but we were all, we were red cheeked and it was obvious that we had had hats on and we pulled them off because my hair was sticking everywhere. My, my face was red and um, like we had just been skiing or sledding or something. And she wrote a real, just a really sweet note. And, um, and it was, she goes, to quote Annie Banks, um, she said, I know I'm something like, I know it's time to go, but my heart doesn't want to go yet. You know, and it was kind of, and that was, you know, one of those tug at your heart <laughs> moments. Uh, and just see a room empty. That was, um, well, that was Maggie. kind of, huh? Other than Maggie. I mean, right, it's not right, totally right. Empty, or but... her side of the room was yeah, empty. Exactly. Um, so that was neat. And I, you know, my favorite picture was, uh, the one we posted online yesterday, um, on Facebook, uh, it was a picture of an outdoor picture. It had all the groomsmen, all the bridesmaids, and then Catherine and Josh in the middle and they were kissing and, uh, they were all doing, you know, their silly pose, but they were all strung out. There was this, you know, this brick building that we're having the thing in and, uh, unbeknownst to the photographer uh there was a two stories up 
there was a window open that you can see the kind of the curtain pulled to the side and there's Ben holding Renly and Renly's looking out and she's, and they're both looking down onto it. And Renly, you can see her hand is over her mouth. Like, <gasps> you know, that looks so exciting. And it was just such a, a amazing picture. Like it was planned. Um, and, uh, I told mom, I said, I want a big picture of that hanging somewhere because it's just a perfect picture. Uh, and so uh, it was right after that that I posted uh, with that post. I wrote something like, this is the reason we homeschool. And uh, one of the moms said, what do you mean, basically? Um, and I wrote back and I'm like, you know, this is kind of the fulfillment of it or something like that. And she still didn't get it. And other moms came to my defense trying to say, well, you know, this is just like, uh, and I know the mom was saying, well, so what's the difference between a homeschool wedding and a non-homeschool wedding? But from my vantage point, there is a difference. It's not because homeschoolers are better or homeschool weddings are better, um, but there is something about the relationship that is deeper uh, because my kids spent their whole lives together. I was, you know, just calculating um, that, you know, Ben, when you were homeschooled, basically, that's six, over 16,000 hours that you were at our house because you were homeschooled. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, that's like 10 years of a work of a job. Yeah. Um, and, and our kids spent that time together, whether they were being homeschooled or not. I mean, if they even when Ben was doing that, some of his siblings were only babies, um, but he still got to be with them. And uh, most of the cousins who were there, they were all homeschooled, not all of them, but most of them. And it was just like, you know, just a reminder that why we homeschool is not just so we have smart kids, as we've talked about before, um, but just those relationships that are still so deep. And I think all our kids, uh, I can't remember if you did or not, Ben, but all of you, when you got married, you wrote those same kind of notes. Um, even though I kind of remember we'll you saying that. I okay. can't remember if I did or not. <laughs> <laughs> if he did, he might have I think lost I did. it right before he gave it to us. Because um, I think but, I wrote one for my siblings too. I don't okay. think it was just you. <laughs> um, but I know they each seemed to do that for all their siblings and for us. And they all kind of said the same thing. And I remember you saying it actually, Ben. You know, like, I'm ready to get married. No doubts about that. But I'm going to miss just family mm -hmm. together. And... Uh, I'll tell you, to a father's heart, to mother's heart, that feels really, really good. Because, um, you know, you know, I'm not sure that I could have said that's how I felt when I left. I was like, I'm out of here, not looking back, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I attribute that really to, to homeschooling. So, moms, uh, as you listen, uh, you know, you're going to have the same thing. Uh, because homeschooling is going to do the same thing in your, in your house. So... Teaching Textbooks is one of the best math curriculums available and our family has used Teaching Textbooks for many years and we've loved it. They have a new version of the curriculum that's better than ever. You can access it from any device that has a browser, including Windows, Macs, Chromebooks, and even smartphones. Every math problem is explained and demonstrated in an easy to understand way that takes some of the stress and the responsibility away from you. Teaching Textbooks stores your child's grades so you can easily ensure they're learning and you can check their progress. Teaching Textbooks makes math fun and you should go visit their website over at teachingtextbooks.com, check out a free trial or view a sample lesson. Thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. 
Well, Dad, I know you saw a couple comments that you wanted to talk about on one of the Facebook um, Facebook uh, posts recently, but maybe you can, do you want me to read it or do you have it? No, I, I'll just kind of maybe a lead in okay. into it. Uh, you know, again, it always strikes me as funny um, just how sucked in you moms are to the enemy's a lot lies and attacks. Um, in fact, I was thinking this morning as I was just reading my Bible, um, you know, I think, and I was just on a um, little webinar just a little while ago talking about these very same things. Um, it's funny to me how, uh, you know, Satan was, when he, when he uh, addressed Eve right at the very beginning of, you know, creation almost, um, he kind of gave her a one-two punch. Um, first, you know, he kind of causes doubt to rise up in her mind when he says, are you sure God said that? You know, like, because she wasn't supposed to eat from the tree of good, uh, of, of knowledge. And uh, he caused doubt, like, are, are you sure he said that? And then he kind of punches her with like sucker punch, like the one, two, boom, boom. Then he hits her with, um, uh, did he really say, you know, that you weren't supposed to eat from it? I mean, it was like a lie then. So he, he starts out with doubt and then he hits her with a lie. And I think moms, homeschooling moms are, are attacked the same way. There's this, this doubt that the enemy throws at us. And then he throws in some lies after for like a, another punch. So he says to you, are you sure you're going to, are you sure homeschooling is the best thing? And then the lies start coming. Like, uh, are they going to know everything they need to know? Are you going to be able to teach them? Do you have the qualifications? You know, what about if you mess them up? Are you sure, you know, that shouldn't they be reading by now? Are, are they going to get into college and all these things? And it always strikes me as not funny because it's not funny, but how persistent it is. And that no matter how many times we talk about it, moms are still bombarded by the doubts and the lies. Um, and so we were talking last time about um, choosing, you know, homeschooling. It's a daily choice. You know, we have to choose it all the time. And a mom wrote, um, and she wrote, well, how do you get through the hard seasons? Um, you know, and if, if that was the end of their question, I would have said, well, you know, we all have hard seasons. We have, you know, as your kids get older, that gets harder. And, but she didn't stop there. She said, I'm only doing kindergarten and preschool so far. And I'm planning to take them to the public school tomorrow to possibly enroll them because I can't stand fighting them anymore. And there was another mom who said, amen to that, as though she was, you know, dealing with that same thing. And I guess I was just struck because she's not alone. I mean, I hear this all the time that moms who have preschoolers and kindergartners who are feeling that lie, are you, are you doing enough? You know, are you sure they're going to get it? What about if they don't, you know, if they don't learn their letters by now or they don't know how to read by now. Um, and I can just sense, I mean, this mom, you know, she's got a kindergartner um, and she's four, ready right? to put him into school. Huh? A kindergarten is four, right? Or, I oh, think, or five, I mean, four, five and six, right. you know, because usually um, first grade, like technically, I think they say is like sixth or seventh, six or seven, depending on the, you know, birthday. So, I mean, you're yeah. talking like a four and five year old preschool and kindergarten. I mean, roughly. Right. That she later little. says that her oldest is six. So, okay. 
You know, so this is six, he's maybe. in kindergarten, which is I think I was praying kindergarten at six. Um, even though some countries in Europe, they don't start till they're like eight. They don't even do kindergarten. Um, and, uh, you know, I just wrote her and said, hey, this is just me talking. And you can see my real response down there. But um, I said, I wouldn't even do it. I wouldn't even do kindergarten. I wouldn't even do preschool um, because your kids should be playing. Um, and I know some of you moms feel the very same thing. But I guess the it's the underlying pressures that they're feeling. And I know I and maybe I'll ask you, Ben, because you know, Renly just turned three. And there is no way that a three-year-old should be reading or know her letters or you know, and all that. But is Rissa, do you think she feels any of that from her friends, or maybe not even from her friends, but just from others? Not really too much, because I think everyone around us is pretty you know, they're pretty similar so far. Um, but I think we do feel it a little bit. And people sometimes will just say stuff without, you know, they'll be like, can you do your ABCs? And it's like, she's three, you know, she just turned right. three. Like, I mean, she can kind of do them. But and I think the thing that a lot of people worry is like, oh, if I don't do anything with them, then they're not going to be able to start doing school. But it's like, I think the thing I think the thing they forget is like your kid is still learning all that time. It's just they don't have to sit them down and do like this full books and lessons or anything like that. Like, I mean, Renly is learning stuff every single day and it's like impressing us. But it's not like we're sitting her down and being like, OK, we're going to spend her dedicated two hours a day to doing school. It's just like, you know, Rissa today was talking to her about the seasons or whatever, you know, but it's just something that comes up. Um, and, you know, and I, I just it is. It, it, yeah. So I don't, I understand like that moms feel that, but it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Cause I mean, it's, it just seems kind of crazy, you know, cause they're still learning so quickly through everything else they're doing and playing and pretending and what your guys are doing and doing things with them. And all of that stuff is so much more valuable. I mean, uh, yeah, but we, you and it's really, it, I mean, it's foundational what they're learning now. Uh, I mean, it is, and I know, you know, it's those, like we talked about a few weeks ago, the ABC mouse and those things like, like that, that make it feel like your little kids should be climbing that school ladder right off the bat. And they shouldn't be. In fact, the things that they're learning now are the most important and the lessons that you want to get down, like obeying your mom and dad. Um, you know, that's a really important one that you want to get when they're one, two, three, four, five, and six and beyond, because school gets a lot more, it gets a lot harder if your kids aren't obeying when they're eight and nine, uh, you know, and to have those things, you know, I know Ben and Rissa are working on different things, whether that's just controlling your emotions or, you know, when mom and dad say this, you need to do this, whether you feel it or not. Um, uh, and, you know, just part of those lessons I heard on the radio just recently, somebody was saying, and maybe we talked about something similar that they were, the experts were saying that if a child doesn't want to hug someone or, you know, they shouldn't have to. Um, and while I understand what they're saying, you know, when a, when a parent tells a child, you need to give me a hug or you need to give your grandma a hug they should be able to do that, whether they feel like it or not. And I know that's part of the, that's an important part of schooling. That's way more important than being able to sing A, B, C, G, F, D, R, you know, and doing that because it's just some sounds they're making. Um, yeah, totally. and, and what I think is not funny, but again, 
the the mom wrote, um, you know, uh, I'm going to put them in public school, possibly enroll them tomorrow because I can't stand fighting them anymore. And I will tell you, at those early ages, you shouldn't be fighting your kids for school. Um, you know, at those early ages, honestly, you shouldn't even do school. You should just have fun playing and like Ben said, learning naturally, uh, not where you get out pie charts and diagrams, but you learn things like, I don't know, salt is salt is, is salty and sugar is sweet or whatever when you're using it. Um, but Ben, you sound like you were going to say something. No, I just had two good comments. Karen uh, said, sadly, some of the pressure comes from other homeschooling moms. And then someone said, else said, I agree. Even if it's unspoken, sometimes I feel like most homeschoolers are super smart, but my kids aren't like that. Not in the book knowledge. They spout, I think she means others spout endless facts about every subject, etc. And I mean, well, go ahead. No, go ahead. I mean, if you want, I was going to say, don't fall for it, you know, because yeah, exactly. it's not, it's not, it's not true. And honestly, if it bums you out, you know, hang around some dumb people or yeah. hang around some other kids. And it's just, um, it's fake. Like, no, I mean, it's just, it feels that way sometimes, but it isn't that way. And most likely those other people are feeling the same thing about everyone else and, or they feel that. And so they're doing killing everything to try to be that way and they're going to lose it somewhere else. And, and I think like the other thing is like, try to be super bold. If other people are saying things like that, like. Sometimes I would have, we had this one friend, we don't, we don't see him super often anymore, but, um, and she would always say things like, well, I'm just so worried about this and this and this. And they had like a two year old or less, maybe it was one year old. And I'm just like, don't worry about it. I was like, you're going to be fine. Like you can do it. And then, or I'll hear people all the time say, oh, well, you know, how are you going to homeschool if you're not a teacher? And it's like, I'm like, no problem at all. That is totally bogus. But like, I, you know, uh, just be bold and, and push back on those there's just myths that people just say, say, well, that's and, a stupid yeah, comment. Yeah, you right. Know? Insult your friends and make sure <laughs> Do they it. never talk just to you. Just insult again. them. Tell, you know, we need to start like a movement. We're just tired of being nice, yeah. you know, tired of, because um, I remember, <laughs> I remember it. Go ahead, Ben. No, I mean, I just, I don't think like even, even some of the comments are like, well, what I found is this long distance curriculum or whatever. It's like, don't come back with curriculum. Just say, don't worry about it. You don't need to do it. You're going to be fine. Like, just, because what it uh, sounds like when you give that advice, you know, is, oh, see, there is a problem with your kid and maybe this will solve that problem. It doesn't matter if your kids are six and it, it doesn't matter. You don't have to just let them play. Um, I remember uh, in our church, I don't know if you remember this, Ben, uh, when you're part of, uh, you know, the big home church, uh, there was a kid who they had stand up and he recited the Shema. Now the Shema is from Deuteronomy chapter six, where it says, hero Israel, the, the Lord is God. The, the Lord is one, the Lord is God or whatever. And he recited it in Hebrew. Now the kid didn't even know diddly about Hebrew. He was just going Shema Israel, Eloheinu Adonai, Eloheinu Echad. You know, and he, did, he might as well have been doing it in Klingon or, you know, <laughs> Orkish. Um, because it was not, it didn't mean anything to him. And afterwards, uh, you know, there were, there were, the mothers were like, yay, and they were all applauding and it was just so wonderful. And, and his um, mom thought it was cool. And all the rest were like, those dirt. people are just so insanely much smarter than me. What am I doing with my life and kids? There's my so kid much more can't spiritual. Even do, yes. <laughs> they can't even do John three sixteen. They don't even know what that means. And that's, 
okay. In fact, this mom wrote back then, you know, so I said, you know, don't worry about it. You know, uh, I said, how old are, are they? I wouldn't stress at all if they're in. Oh, I, I, oh, then she goes, what about learning to read in letters? You know, that's what we're struggling with. And I wrote, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, you know, you shouldn't at that age, you shouldn't use these phrase. We shouldn't use this phrase. We need to work at it. You don't have to work what at any struggle. You know, I mean, no struggle. It should be fun. So at six years old or even seven, you know, if your kids have show no interest in learning their letters and you, you know, maybe you've tried, maybe you said, and I'm not talking about five, five, who cares? Four, who cares? Six, I don't care. But say at seven and you're like, okay, let's do letters. And they just, it doesn't make sense to them. They don't know what you're talking about. I just would walk away from it. Or maybe just have them color a sheet with a big A on it and an apple and just, you know, but it, it should be fun. And, and, and if they're interested, go for it. But if they're not, just let it go and don't feel guilty um, again. And I think that even could be taken in, in other subjects in older grades. You know, if you're trying to do something and, and they're not getting it, uh, you know, some of the things you just plug away, you know, math facts. Who cares if they understand nine times eight is whatever it is, uh, 72. Um, you know, just you work on it and they get it or they don't get it and you put it aside and then you do it again tomorrow. Um, but you don't have to sweat it and cry over it and get angry over it um, because they're just going to get it when they get it. I think it's funny because like the average person doesn't know a bunch of people who can't read or can't um, do basic math or can't function as an adult. Everyone meets every once in a while, but usually there's something else, you know, in going on in their situation, you know, but everyone freaks out like it's literally they're not going to be able to do it if they can't do it by a certain age. And especially I think like saying my kid is struggling with that at the age of five. I feel like is like the equivalent of saying like a seven-year-old is struggling with like being able to drive. It's just like you don't need yeah, to worry right. about it yet. Like oh, if yeah. they can't ride their bike straight, doesn't mean they're not going to be able to drive straight. Like just keep working at it, and eventually you'll you'll get there later on. But don't worry about it ahead of time when it's not even. And you should never worry about it, but don't you know? <laughs> it just it seems like so premature and so much extra weight. Um, and yeah, someone said, you know, like, when else are they ever going to get a play? And it's like, that's true. Like, I don't play anymore very much other than with my kids sometimes, you know, but like, so it's like, you only get that small, small window. So let them, you know, let right. them be there, yeah. let them enjoy it and uh, take advantage of that time. Cause that's the most limited time probably in their entire life to do something like that or that specific. Mm -hmm. The rest of your life is going to be pretty, you know, consistent with a lot of the same things. So, um, and I think that's really, really important. But that's just one of those, an example, though, of going with what you know to believe uh, in, in all those areas. So, again, I, I do think there's something about, uh, you know, I was just thinking about this today again. Um, you know, when it says don't cover your neighbor's wife or your neighbor, it's one of the last commandment. I think sometimes we covet our neighbor's homeschool or we covet their children or we cover their, covet their smart children or we covet how easy it is for them. But, you know, it used to be that we just had one neighbor or maybe three neighbors. Um, and you, your, your view was very limited, but now we can see a million neighbors. 
you know, and so we see kids on the radio or kids on the radio, kids on television or kids on the Internet who are doing these amazing things. And we we judge our children to them as well. And I just think, again, sometimes I just wonder if maybe we'd be better off if we disconnected from some of those social medias um, and just did our own thing in our own house. And we weren't so concerned about those around us because, you know, there's just enough of them that we that we always end up on the short side of the stick. Yeah. And Mia had a really good comment, I think. She said, do you think we make it harder on ourselves to prove we made the right choice in homeschooling? Sometimes it boils down to who we are trying to please, God or man. And I think that's totally, totally, really spot on. Because, I mean, I, I mean that is supernatural. It's if you're doing something not supernatural, it is super, very common and very understanding to feel that way. Because, uh, you know, if choosing to homeschool can be weird to a lot of people and crazy. And they're like, well, you're not a certified teacher. How are you going to know what to do? And so I do think that is a very, very strong pressure, um, and understandable, but just don't let those people, let the proof be down in the pudding later on down the road. Uh, you know, you may not be able to instantly show them and you shouldn't have to show them right away. Um, but long-term you will see the re reap the benefits down the road, I think in spades and, um, something that maybe they won't, and hopefully they will, cause you don't want someone else to fail or whatever. Well, and the truth but, is it doesn't even matter how your kids right. turn out. Homeschooling is the right thing. You know, it is right. I mean, it's not about whether your kids are get really, really smart or now or later home's just the best place for your kids. And that's the truth. Homeschooling works because one person teaching one other person or three other people or four other people or six other people is better than one person trying to teach 40 people or 35 people, you know, it's, and it's a better place for your kids. They don't have some of the same pressures. They get a, a safe place and they have a mom who cares about them so very, very much. Um, it's not about whether they get it quick or they get it later. It's about, it's just right because it is. You know, I, I heard, I've heard mom say about, uh, uh, I remember one time we were talking to a mom and, and uh, someone said, but you are, you can be a good teacher because look how educated you are. Look how, I mean, you're so smart and you're so capable and you're so able. And I said, but that's not the reason you're, you qualify. You qualify because you're a mom. Right. God made moms smart enough to teach their own children. In fact, if he wanted someone better, he would have given him someone better. That's my theology. And that dictates everything. And that takes away a lot of the stress, a lot of the stress, knowing that God not only going to do what he's going to do through me, he's going to do what he's going to do without me, too. And your kids, he started this thing with them. He's going to finish it. And that and that shouldn't that should make it a lot easier. Um, well, we're just about out of time um, I, again. What I want for, for, for you is I just want you to enjoy this journey. Um, you know, it, it saddens me when a mom feels so at the end of a rope with a six year. Now she has four kids under six, so that's a lot of kids. But she feels so at the end of a rope with a six year old and a preschooler that she's contemplating putting them in in school. Um, and I know that's not her heart. I know it's not. But she feels so discouraged, so overwhelmed that she's willing to because of those lies. You know, um, I just got a, a big, I don't know if you can see it behind me, but I got all these boxes behind me. Do you see them, Ben? 
Yep. Um, I like left this afternoon or early afternoon. I, and I came in uh, an hour or two later and they were all just stacked up there. Um, and, there, and, uh, and some of those books were, are these books right here. Uh, you know, the lies homeschooling moms believe this is a, every mom needs this mom. If you don't have this, you need to get it. Um, and, uh, this book right here is really surprising me. It's called lies homeschool teens believe we are selling a bunch of these. I don't even know why or where it's coming from. Um, but we're getting some big orders from different places and they're coming in on Amazon multiple times a day. Uh, and I have no idea why. Well, that's cool. <laughs> but if you're, but if your teens are believing some of those lies, maybe you ought to check out that book. And then this one, uh, is a redesigned cover for us. I don't know if you're wanting a good novel. This is a great story. Ben said it was the best story he ever read at one time. Um, it's called sentence to care and it's got a brand new cover and we're all excited about it. So, um, if you want a, something fun to read, you can find that on our website as well. Well, have a great week, Mom. Um, I hope you smile because you should smile. And maybe your kids are little and you're a long way away from a wedding. But let me just tell you, it gets better and better and better. And I will still say all those great relationships we had at a wedding were because we homeschooled our kids because we kept our kids home. And that should make you smile. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Smiling Homeschool Podcast. Hopefully we encouraged you not to worry too much about your kids being behind and focus on loving them and building the relationship. The learning will follow, so don't worry. Again, also don't believe the lies. They aren't true. I also want to thank Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring the Smiling Homeschool Podcast. If you make math fun, you should go check out the website over at teachingtextbooks.com. Have a great week, and as always, keep smiling.